stats, booms, busts, sleepers. Listen to Adam and Vincent with Fantasy Pandemic on Monday and Thursday evenings via Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Pandemic, at Fantasy Cajun, and at FF Little Finger. Welcome to the third edition of the Fantasy Pandemic Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Adam Bryce, uh, along with my co-host, Vincent Argrave. Vincent, how's everything going tonight? It's going great. long as the pandemic's here, we're here to help you through it. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, if you have a chance, uh, follow us on uh, Twitter at Fantasy Pandemic. Uh, you can follow myself at Fantasy Cajun on Twitter. And then you can also follow Vincent Argrave at The Argrave on Twitter. Give us a follow, guys. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get started. We'll start over in the AFC East, and uh, we'll start with the team with the most question marks, I feel, uh, probably outside the Jets, is the Patriots. Yeah, Tom Brady's out. Uh, Brian Hoyer gets signed over there uh, with a chance to start with Jared Stidham. Um, quite honestly, uh, I think this team is in complete rebuild mode. Um, I don't think they have the picks to go up and get a quarterback, someone like a um, like a Justin Herbert or a maybe a Tua. I just don't think they have the capital right now. And then, honestly, uh, you look at the the rest of the team with Edelman and White and Michelle. I really think you have to downgrade this entire team. Um, and I'm not sure the Patriots are going going to win more than seven games this year. No, definitely. I think the division for the first time in a long time is really, really wide open. Um, as far as fantasy value, you know, it's really tough. I, I agree with you. You know, it's a. Uh, I think it's a not a full out tank situation yet, but honestly, if I had to take the over and under on any number, I'll take the under because if anybody's going to tank, I feel like Belichick will do it the best way possible. He won't screw up like the Dolphins. The Dolphins are pissed. They're trying to package something to get Bur- uh, Burrow right now because they can't even tank right. So if the Patriots truly are going to do it, like I'm thinking over or they're going to win one just so they can say that they won one. But it's uh, if you you got to figure if they were in a win now situation. Um, you know, they'd reach out, you know, for something like Dalton or Cam, um, look at Jameis just for points. There's, there's options out there, but to bring back Hoyer in a comfort for the system, it's going to be difficult to think they're going to win. I think points are going to be down. Um, and you know, honestly, there weren't a whole lot of pieces you could trust with Brady previously. Like I didn't want to start Brady. So having to now trust Hoyer or Stidman to, support Edelman in the running game, uh, I don't know. And it's a lot of ugly names. I mean, when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, who are awful, and you look at their skill players, which we'll get to, you hear names that, like, pop. And outside of Edelman, you're talking about James White, who, you know, is a PPR guy. But outside of that, he had his best year two years ago, and it was by leaps and far. And then Sony looks done. Never seen Damian Harris. Burkhead, what's he gonna, what value is that going to be? So you got a bunch of running backs in there. Sanu, Keneal Harry, Jacoby Myers, Lacoste at tight end. It's just – it's a bunch of names that if you saw them in any other team, you wouldn't even worry about. But because they're the Patriots, they add intrigue. And at this point, they cut Goskowski today. So the only Patriot that may be owned is seeing how the running back shakes out and maybe Edelman. And he's nothing I, – I can't, I can't imagine him being nearly as successful with anybody else other than Tom. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I think the full tank is on. You know, you, you cut Goskowski today. I mean, you, you're right. You're, you're making no efforts to go out to get a Cam, a Jameis. And I think you make a great point. 
if Belichick's going to take, then why not do it with class and get, say, a one-win season or a two-win season? And guess what? Guess who's going uh, to be picked 1-1 one, one next year? Mr. Uh, Sunshine himself, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. My, would that be a grand replacement for Tom Brady? Yeah, it's it, it just goes in further to all the conspiracy theorists that Belichick wanted Tom to leave right now when they had their, you know, their last window. And because they couldn't trade him um, when they wanted to keep Garoppolo, it, it works out. And somehow, you know, Belichick's playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers and he's going to take one on the chin to get Trevor Lawrence to rebuild, make his last run and walk off into the sunset easily as the best coach probably ever. So, and ever will be. Um, I think it's pretty safe to argue it right now that, you know, he's got one, everybody else is one a, if you even want to, you know, if you're a, you're biased to somebody, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's ugly for fantasy. You know, it's, they've been tried and true year in and year out for, you know, 20 years. You could have somebody, whether it was the, running game or whether it was Randy Moss or Gronk or whomever. And there's just not that guy right now. And it might be just a don't touch team. So, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. That would be a scary thought with Trevor Lawrence and, and, uh, and Bill Belichick. I, that's not something I really want to think about, but uh, swinging over to the Buffalo bills, uh, man, they've uh, made some waves here. You, uh, you bring in Steph Diggs on a trade. Uh, you now have Steph Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley as your uh, top three receivers. Devil, Devin Singletary is coming into his second year. Uh, you know, Josh Allen was was a fantasy quarterback steal, in my opinion, last year. Uh, he, you could count on Josh Allen for twenty to twenty five points every every week. It may not have looked pretty, and it may have always came in the second half because most of it did. But he got you that twenty to twenty five points every every week. And now he's got Steph Diggs. Man, this is an offense I want a part of. Uh, I think this could be a high-flying offense. Josh Allen, uh, another year under his belt. Get a little more active with the football. Now you've got you know someone like Steph Diggs, who's uh, a number one receiver, in my opinion, has the potential for a, a top-12 wide receiver year in, in fantasy football and PPR. Right. I, I think that – I was a Josh Allen guy last year. Uh, I, we have a two QB dynasty league that I actually traded him away in uh, for a lot of pieces that I think are going to pay off in the long run. However, I wrote him the year before that um, through the playoffs, and I had him and Aaron Rodgers, and I was starting him through the playoffs because he was the safer, more viable option. Uh, having a running quarterback is going to be just a huge influence and a huge bonus for everything. And having one the size of Josh Allen, you don't worry about him taking a hit and, oh, is he dinged up? He's leaving the game. And he's a big boy. Uh, I also think having somebody like Diggs, who is probably one of the purest route runners, I mean, he is top five, maybe arguably the top one at the position at running clean routes. Josh Allen needs that. I don't know if it matters because he is so inaccurate, but he can get deep. <laughs> John Brown can get deep. And Beasley is – right there in the safe spot that even Josh Allen can find him. So you have pieces that can really support Josh Allen's skill set. I mean, you don't need those deep out routes, deep crossing. Not that he doesn't have the arm strength, but he doesn't have the consistency at it. So you know what? Chunk it deep, dunk it Singletary, hit Beasley you know, safe and short, or run it. So go to his strengths. They're building around him. They're putting pieces around that support his strengths, realizing it. And hopefully I agree with you. Hopefully he gets better. Hopefully he gets more athletic. Uh, you know me, though. I'm a big Singletary guy. 
Gore is gone. You know, the freaking everlasting vulture. At least he's not there at the moment. They did not get uh, Melvin Gordon. They didn't get Gurley, so they'll probably go to the draft. So I'm all in. I got Singletary and Dynasty. Um, I'm hoping for a big year for him. He looked like the best, most athletic player on the field with Josh Allen, with Josh, John Brown, all of them, every time. And then it used him enough, I think, trying to, you know, as a rookie, didn't want to overwhelm him. Hopefully they'll take the training wheels off. I'm with you. I want a piece of the offense. If for anything, I think the Patriots' defense is good. Uh, but they may get leaned on a lot harder this year by the other offenses because there are going to be so much pressure against them. The Dolphins are getting better, but they're better in the secondary. Some linebackers, we'll see what the D-line looks like. I just heard that uh, um, oh, our boy that was just in uh, Seattle turned down big $17 million. Jadavion uh, Clowney? Yeah, he turned down $17 million to go to the Dolphins. So apparently he's looking for a huge wow. payday. Okay. Um, you know, and the Jets – I still the Jets. So I think it's an offense that can score in the division, which is huge because now you got six games. You can trust them. Essentially what you always banked on the Patriots for. You know, you had six guaranteed offensive performances every year uh, along with the wins. So I think it's a I, – I think they're the favorites in the division. We'll see how the draft goes, see how, you know, health and camps and everything go. But um, I'll probably have a piece of it. I probably won't double down on it. It's not something where – I don't think you want to have one of those stacks with like a Josh Allen Diggs situation because no. I think Diggs is going to disappear some games just because of he's the number one and Josh Allen can't support that. I think Diggs' numbers will be very similar uh, to Minnesota's in the sense that like he was huge, huge boom bust, huge, huge disappear because he would get that number one. I think that he'll balance out in the end. I think he'll be safer week in and week out. Those big boom games, I don't know if they're going to be there because of the offense they run. But either way, I think there will be points scored. I'm excited to see how it starts panning out. The Buffalo Bills will be, in 2020, the first team not named the New England Patriots to win the AFC East in, say, I don't know, 15 years. That's pretty hard to think about. And I think the Buffalo Bills get over the hump this year. I do, too. I hope so. Everybody loves Bill Mafia. So I can't wait to watch the burning tables and, you know, drunks crack their head open. So I, yeah, the, more success, the more success they get, the bigger YouTube hits. So oh, I let's, love let's do the, it. I love seeing the Russell moves on the tables, man. People going through like double stack tables, doing elbow drops and just doing, dumb, nice. sh- just doing dumb shit. But speaking of dumb shit, I mean, the Jets, I mean, you got another year of Adam, Adam Gaze, um, who I think is coaching for his job this year. Um, I think he'll be unemployed at the end of the season. Sam Darnold, I, I kind of had higher hopes for uh, coming in, coming after his rookie year. He really didn't take that step forward. I thought Le'Veon Bell was misused. Uh, he didn't have near the receptions or near the, the t- target priority he had in Pittsburgh. Um, Robbie Anderson is currently a free agent. You know, you have Quincy Anunua there. Uh, just not a whole lot of have a lot of pieces there to really do a whole lot with. You also have Jamison Crowder as well, who you know was a real big PPR guy last year. Uh, my short term prediction here is Robbie Anderson doesn't seem like he has a more a big market out there. I heard he was trying to fetch twelve to fourteen million a year. Um, I heard the Packers were talking to him a little bit, but that seems to have fizzled out. My prediction here is he comes crawling back to the Jets for maybe like a, a short term prove it deal. Yeah, I think Robbie and Perriman are both falling victims to this loaded rookie wide receiver draft. I think there's so many wide receivers that you know you're going to get on a rookie deal. Like, why go for these, you know, one-trick ponies, these fast guys that you can get fast guys and you get them cheaper. So I think that they will help an offense. I think they're better than those rookies. 
But when you balance out, once you add in, you know, the salary cap, a lot of things change. Um, Adam Gase is a fantasy serial killer at this point. Like he just <laughs> goes and he eliminates massive. It, it, he just and in some Jets defense, they couldn't help that you know I'm you know the starting quarterback in the New York Jets, and you decided to make out with a bunch of people at the bar, and you get motto. I mean, shit happens. That sucks, yeah. and that really set them behind the eight ball. And again, I think that set the tempo for everything. And it's tough when, again, week six, you're eliminated. But Le'Veon last year missed one game. Where do you think he finished as far as running back rankings and PPR? Le'Veon Bell. I I believe he's in the top 12. 15. Okay, 15. Freaking missed one game, not not including week 17. I only go to 16. Sure, no, I agree. But one game through week 16, and he finished 15. Le'Veon Bell played – 14, 13 games out of the out of the 16 and finished fifth freaking team. Like, it's he was crazy. Used. Oh, absolutely. And that just – Adam Gase is just – is awful. I wish Chris Herndon wasn't there. I pray Rob Anderson doesn't go back there. Um, looks like the Saints are out. I agree. The Eagles – I mean, the uh, Packers. Uh, Packers are a really good fit. I think depending on what the Eagles do, wide receivers, something like that would work. But – I don't want anything. I don't want a part of Crowder. I'd rather Edelman, obviously. I think that's kind of, but I'm, you're looking at a concussed type of situation, dink and dunk guy who's not going to play all the games. Um, the upside's limited. It's safe wide receiver three PPR numbers, but he's not going to be there. Um, I think you got to go on a Le'Veon as an RB2. The one thing the Jets are doing is they re signed the only offensive lineman that was worth a shit and they brought four more in. So. They've had a lot of free agent offensive line to keep Sam upright. I do think, to me, I think Sam Donald might be the best quarterback in New York for whatever that's worth. Um, I think Sam Donald has the tools. I think he's got what I, – I, I look at him and I, I, I see potential, but I don't think it's going to matter because of where he's at, and I think Gase is going to kill him. You know, it's one of those who knows what – uh, Derek Carr would have been, or David Carr would have been. Who knows what Rosen would have been if any of them go to a better situation? Yeah, okay. I think that that you know, it's it's one of the, it's you're talking about like a a small child. It's like you have to mold them and imprint on them, and you know that's going to keep them going and to keep their pedigree up. And at some point, you just you you kill them with the situation. And again, Adam Gase probably eliminated all of them. Um, I won't shy away from Le'Veon for the right price. I've learned my lesson with Robbie. I'm stuck with him in a dynasty. If he's there. I'm going to freaking move him the second he gets a couple of good games. In a yeah. Run. Well, that won't be till November, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Adam Gase, well, then I might ride him for that to get to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, at that point, uh, you know, I think Adam Gaze may even be unemployed by the time it gets to November, to be honest with you. He's awful. He's awful. He really is. He's the, the he's a quarterback whisperer because he coached Peyton Manning in his last two years. Like, come on. Like I could have called the plays. And by that, I mean, I could have just sat there and gave Peyton beer in between, like, possessions. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's not whispering much of shit. So, <laughs> no. uh, look, looking ahead over to a team that I think is really starting to make some interesting moves, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Um, in comes Jordan Howard. I- I'm not really a big fan of Jordan Howard. Um, you know, you already have um, Kalen Balazs there as well. Um, that's just not a running run situation I'm really not crazy, really crazy about. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick over there as a starting quarterback. And then you have the fantasy darling of 2019, Devontae Parker, who I have no shares of. And, Vincent, I know you have a few shares of. 
I got a belt with his name on the back of it. Love yeah, it. and then uh, you got Preston Williams, who I really thought was having a nice season um, coming into his rookie season. And then he uh, gets a massive injury. He's out for the season. Uh, Jasicki had uh, some good games, some bright spots. Um, the real question here is, is it two a time? Uh, you've got three first-round picks. Uh, your first pick being number five overall, and I'm going to tell you right now, uh, two his medicals have checked out and they're clear. You're you're not you can't sit at five and pray for Tua to drop to you. If I'm Miami, you need a quarterback to go with this offense, and you still need a pretty good running back. I, I don't think Jordan Howard's the answer, and certainly not Kalen Balaj. But if you think Tua is the answer, you got to move up to go get Tua. You have to go get Tua because Ryan Fitzpatrick has maybe a year or two left in him, and he's not going to take you anywhere. You need to go get Tua if you believe in him. I completely agree, and I don't understand this. Uh, I, mean, I know Tua got banged up, but like you said, his medicals are clearing. He had two injuries two years in a row. I don't think the kid's injury prone. I think he got hurt twice. Uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be any lingering effects, and the whole plan was to tank for Tua, and Joe Burrow came out of nowhere and set the world on fire. Now, that probably got him to be the number one pick regardless because of his season, because of what he's shown, because of who he is. But Tua is a 1A. Like, I don't understand the fear, especially in the Dolphins situation. Because here's the thing. The Dolphins are making a lot of really good football moves. I don't know if it's going to equate to wins this year significantly. But Brian Flores doesn't coach to lose to a fault. Otherwise, we wouldn't have to worry about this. The fact that they have the number five pick in and of itself is comical because they should have the number one pick because their team was awful. They traded away whatever was left skill-wise. They resurrected the rumor of Devontae Parker, um, which, you know, was an offseason darling. And he didn't start off quick. Preston Williams really had to get hurt for them really, really, really no doubt. to beat yes. him. But still, with a huge second half, he finished 13th in PPR. But, I mean, finished strong. And Gasecki finished 12th. Uh, I was a little disappointed with him. I thought he was kind of a sleeper uh, potential. But that's just the inconsistency of a bad team that had no threat of a running game. Um, this is a team that really needs a running back but they need a whole lot of things. And I think everything you see between the girly contract and cut Saquon getting hurt last year, that's not where I think they're going to put their draft capital this year. I think next year they could look at it. I think they may get a running back, but definitely a day two, maybe a day three. If they go in the first, maybe they think they're closer than I think they are. Um, I'm all in on Devontae Parker. Uh, I rode him hard. I really appreciate him. I'll go Preston Williams. I'd like to see some injury reports for sure. Uh, is one of those late tight ends, but there is about five tight ends maybe you feel good about, and about 10 that you feel okay about. And I think everybody, and you and I, are probably going to have a bunch of different uh, opinions on how that shakes down. Um, uh, whether you want him or Hawkinson, him or Hooper, him <laughs> or Fant. I mean, there's all these, it's like somebody's going to five more have to finish on the top 10. Who they are is yet to be easily determined. So I'm, I'm excited. My real concern, my question is, if you go quarterback late, I'm a big late quarterback guy, do you feel comfortable starting your season with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Um, yeah, I think so, but it would really depend on what the, what the Dolphins do in the draft because, honestly, I think it's two a time. And I think, it, I think the Dolphins have the capital to move up. I think all it would take would be an extra first-round pick, maybe a third or fourth-round pick to move up to that third or second slot even. And you take to a tackle of Oa and you you roll him out there, 
you know, probably as soon as he's ready. And if he's ready week one, by all means, go with week one. You've seen what these young rookie quarterbacks have done over the past few years. Um, I would definitely roll him out if that's the case. And I think he could, you know, if, if, you know, immediately start developing a rapport with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Right. I'm interested to see what the Redskins do and uh, what Rivera's thinking. Because, you know, he's he brought in Tua and he brought in Burrow. Uh, to, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, threatening, you know, I don't know. I think they're bringing them in to make somebody trade up there, make the Dolphins go up because the Lions are sitting right there with Stafford. And that's somewhere where if there is any concern about Tua, you have Stafford who in his first eight games last year was on fire until he got hurt. Well, let Tua sit for a year. You know, you have Stafford, let him go, let him do the year, let him do his time. I don't think – I don't know if Tua makes you better – than Stafford is right now. I think it's very close as the season progresses, and maybe you know they're finished three, twelve, and one. Well, by week seven, week eight, Stafford's done. You put Tua in, so the Miami Dolphins have to move up or have to at least consider the Lions may take one, or the Redskins, or somebody may reach up to trade the Redskins. I've heard they've offered the farm, or they're putting a package to offer the farm to go up to number one for Burrow. So it'll be interesting to see. It's, it's going to be a very interesting draft because of. Everybody can wait on wide receiver, and a lot of people need to trade up to get some quarterbacks. So we'll see how it shakes out. Um, I think the draft will dictate this team maybe as much more than anybody. Because here's the thing. If Tua comes in, I don't know if I immediately want Devontae Parker because him and Fitzpatrick had such a connection, and Fitzpatrick gives zero shits. He freaking throws it up because he trusts his guys. Tua seems much more professional than that. Fitzpatrick doesn't you know, he, he doesn't care anymore. He's got 17 hats hanging in his freaking <laughs> closet from all the teams he played for. So I think Tua will be much more conservative, anybody that comes in, even, you know, a reckless, crazy rookie. So I think Devontae Parker, immediate success is definitely linked to Fitzpatrick, only because he throws it up and lets his guys go get it. And Devontae Parker, that's apparently all he's ever needed, is somebody to trust him and just heave him the ball. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that one. Um, you know, swinging on to another team that we know who has a quarterback now, uh, that's Mr. Ryan Tannehill, formerly of the Miami Dolphins, uh, signs a four-year deal, $118 million. Uh, you put the uh, franchise tag on Devonte, um, Derrick Henry. Uh, you sign the best right tackle – or I'm sorry, the, um, the worst right your, – your right tackle goes to Cleveland, Jack Conklin. Uh, you also have A.J. Brown, who's got a top 15 uh, wide receiver ADP right now. Uh, I, I think that's highly questionable. Uh, you also have, you know – uh, you also have Tajay Sharp over there. Um, you know, it's really interesting to see what they're going to do. Um, Derek Henry, you're paying him a whole lot of money. Uh, not sure if, if that's worth it, but, you know, maybe one year. But uh, I think you still have to add to that to that wide receiver core. Um, I also think you need, uh, you know, I hope John New Smith uh, steps up for uh, in place of Danny, Delaney Walker. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of all that. Honestly, the biggest one I'm on, I'm, I'm big on Jonu Smith because I, he was successful when Delaney wasn't in. Now, some of that was still some Mariota time. Tannehill did not lean on the tight ends as much, I think. I think if you go back, that's going to be pretty uh, relevant. They want to run Derrick Henry. Deion Lewis is gone now with the Giants, which I don't know why. You know, that's like a breather for Saquon at this point. But I just – I. I, I have a hard time with Derrick Henry, and there's no reason. I think it's because I've never owned him. Um, because even like when I look at his numbers, I always feel like Derrick Henry gets you 
he, he doesn't get you to the playoffs, but he wins you a championship. You know, like I feel like they pace him and he's not, but it's just not the case. Even in PPR, he finished seventh. I have to like flip my mindset on somebody that I just haven't had a piece of and try to let, you know, past impressions um, dissipate. I have to like reevaluate, relook at it. But that being said, I think everything in fantasy, there's always going to be some fluctuation. I think people are due for success and people are due for setbacks. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I think they do a really good job at Tennessee. Um, AJ Brown is not the best PPR guy. He's a really good standard guy uh, because of the big play. Cause there wasn't the volume of catches and they have a whole lot of high pedigree from the draft wide receivers. None of which panned out. Now that was that Mariota was that the previous system. Uh, we're going to see, you know, who has it. He had the rapport with Tannehill. He is a large man um, that can make big plays. So I think that there's a lot of upside. I think that the AFC South defenses are going to be really suspect. The Colts may have the best at the moment. um, Because I think the Texans, I'm sure we'll get there, are going to revolt here at some point. Just in general, they're either going to unify or it's going to be a complete freaking dumpster fire. Um, So I don't know. Um, Tannehill was amazing when he had the opportunity. I mean, his pace – like, if you would have started Stafford and then replaced him with Ryan Tannehill, you probably won your championship. And that's absolutely crazy to think. You lost a few games in the middle. Like, it's just it just shows you I don't reach for quarterback is what it comes down to. Take them when they fall in the right spot. And, you know, Derrick Henry's a – you know, he's a, he's, he's a number one running back. In, and you just have to accept it. He's a big man. You hope he doesn't get hurt. He has nobody pushing him. He is the offense. And you hope that they don't get into a – Oh, man, we wrote him pretty yeah. hard last year. Uh, I can tell you breather, this much, so. and I can attest to what you just said about Ryan Tannehill because I indeed rode Ryan Tannehill to a fantasy championship last year. Uh, thank you, Ryan Tannehill. Um, I, I, will, I do say this and, uh, in closing. I think A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill take a step back this year. Um, you also have Corey Davis there, who was a former first-round pick, who's, you know, he kind of got Marioted, but he didn't know he'll do a whole lot with Tannehill last year either, so – uh, I just think, you know, yeah, and Tajay Sharp. And Tajay Sharp. I mean, just there's 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 names and there's talent, which helps Tannehill, but it doesn't yeah, and mean you, you want to invest best, in any of them. Your, your, your best, one of your best tackles to Cleveland, Jack Conklin. Uh, it, I just think they're going to take a step back this year. I, I think overall as a team, I think, you know, similar how you said the Packers were the best the worst best team you've seen in the playoffs. Like, I don't think the Titans were that. I think the scheme, the bully mentality uh, in the playoffs and the Colts are built to win in the playoffs. They're built to win games. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. they're meant to score We'll, we'll see about points. that. Um, looking to a team that's got a new quarterback, the Indianapolis Colts signed Phil Rivers for a one-year deal, $25 million. Uh, you re-signed Anthony Costanzo. Um, and, you know, Phillip Rivers, this will be the best offensive line that Phillip Rivers has probably ever played behind. And that's been, you know, one of his biggest issues is trying to stay upright. He was constantly under duress in San Diego. Uh, you know, now you you move over to Indianapolis. You've got Marlon Mack, who is, you know, okay. I don't think he's the greatest running back. Nothing special in my opinion. You've got T.Y. Hilton, who's been injury prone over the past couple of years. He's 30 years old. Uh, you lose Eric Ebron to the Steelers. Okay, maybe not a big loss. Uh, you got Jack Doerr right there if he can stay healthy. 
Um, can the receivers stay healthy? Uh, Paris Campbell, uh, where were you at last year? You you weren't anywhere close to on the radar. Uh, Zach Pascal certainly passed him up on the uh, the fantasy charts. And you know, let me. I'll just go ahead and say this: sleeper alert. Jack Doyle will be a top eight tight end in PPR next year. Oh, I have I have on my notes right here. Doyle way up. The biggest winner of this entire situation between San Diego or Los Angeles I call San Diego. Chargers <laughs> and Indy is Jack Doyle. Yeah, it is absolutely Doyle. I mean, there's Abron's gone, yeah. and now you get freaking you know the tight end whisper. I mean, he he keeps the big boys happy and healthy. I don't want a, I don't want a piece of Rivers. I think he is maybe a slight upgrade to Brissett because Brissett seems like he has all the mechanics, all the tools, but he just he just doesn't let it go. Now is that the scheme? Is that he's just you know he's just a guy? It's probably the situation. Rivers is on the back end. I think he's in a Brady situation. He wants to prove that he still has it. But like you talked about, all those injury prones between like. All things being equal, healthy, which doesn't matter because nobody ever was healthy in San Diego or Los Angeles. And you're looking at the Colts who Marlon Mack and T.Y. and Doyle are always banged up. Who has the better skill positions? Like, to me, Rivers, outside of the offensive line, had better personnel in Los Angeles. I think Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Eckler, Hunter Henry are maybe better across the board than everybody. And you can make an argument for T.Y., but I'll take Keenan Allen all day because – so and the, it's just so I think you hope the scheme's better. I think the coaching's better offensively. Um, I, that's Rivers is not gonna was not gonna help Los Angeles win the way they want to win now. They're gonna have one of the nastiest defenses in the league, and with the best secondary. And I don't. And Indy's gonna have an amazing defense, but they're gonna hopefully rely on some of his maturity and experience. And Rivers wants a ring. When it's all said and done, he's been in the league a really long time. He looks at Eli's got two, looks at Big Ben, he's got two, and there he is with none. And that's who he's always going to be compared to. Uh, I do think he helps T.Y. I think he's a huge help to Doyle. I don't think he hurts Marlon Mack because Marlon Mack's never going to get thrown the ball anyways because he can't catch. I think he is – Naheem Hines has got a little bit of tick up because River Luck – now is that the San Diego scheme? I don't know, but I'm sure some of River's influence is going to go into this. And he's going to dump it down to his guys like he always done with Eckler and Melvin Gordon. So I think Rivers makes Indy more fantasy relevant, although I think that he has less skilled players to work with. So it'll be interesting. I'm all in on Doyle. I, I, I haven't, you know, like I told you earlier today, I'm going to start doing rankings here at some point for one of these next coming up shows. And it's going to be hard for me to keep not Doyle out of the top 10, but Doyle out of the top eight so uh, I, yeah, I think there's no a huge upside that's, that's for that's kind of why i mentioned it um you know when i when i do sit down and do rankings i agree with you it's going to be hard for me to keep him out the top eight and it, it made it bump even even higher than that um I, I do think the colts are the best team in this division uh, i totally agree with what you say what you're saying with uh compared to the chargers and the colts and the offenses across the board with the skill positions um, you know, Hilton is good. He's got to stay healthy. Um, he does have a great offensive line. Rivers should have time to throw the football. Um, they certainly have a chance. You know, uh, Phillip Rivers has a good head on his shoulders. He is a good quarterback when, when he's given time. Uh, but the question is, can, can all these guys stay healthy? So, what makes, me, what makes me comfortable with the Colts is that 
like you said, where are you, Paris Campbell? You know, whoever else is, you know, whatever person is going to be standing at the end, whatever. It seems like it's like the ghost of indie wide receivers. Like they always go, like, you know, Dorset goes somewhere else. And all these people go places, and there's always this like guy, and you know the name, and you're like, oh, he's there, or he's not there, or he used to be there, and like, where'd he go? And it's like right now it's T.Y. Hilton and nobody else. So I think he's going to get fed the ball. Doyle's going to get fed the ball. The running backs are going to get theirs. I'm comfortable with that type of scheme where there isn't a Arizona situation where they're going to diversify everywhere. You know, Rivers doesn't feed a lot of people. Rivers feeds the people he wants to feed. So that's why I think it'll be more focused maybe um, as long as everybody can stay healthy. Uh, Heading over uh, to Jacksonville, it's – it is stash time. Uh, Gardner Minshew is now the man in charge in Jacksonville. Uh, looks like the Jags kind of figured out that Nick Foles really isn't that good. They gave up on him after one year after he signed a fat contract with them and trade him over to uh, Chicago. Uh, Matt Nagy's last desperate ploy before he gets fired. Uh, gets Jags off the hook. Now you've got Gardner Minshew come in. Do the Jags address quarterback in the draft? Potentially. Uh, just depends who's there. Uh, I thought Minshew had a pretty good run last year. Um, he wasn't uh, he wasn't overly you know great as far as a win-loss standpoint, but from fantasy's perspective, he was pretty damn good. Uh, DJ Shark really impressed. Uh, came out of really nowhere and became a wide receiver too. Uh, you got Leonard Fournette who had a really good year. He stayed injury-free and that led him to a, a top 12 year uh, on terms of PPR running backs. Uh, they do need some O-line help. Um, they've got, they've lost a couple uh, members of their defense. I think they're going to be in a little bit more shootouts. So, you know, what did the Jacksonville Jaguars do in the draft? Do they address quarterback? Do they try to go get another receiver? You know, you have D.D. Westbrook there. You have Keelan Cole and D.D.'s always been hyped up, but he really has never lived up to that hype. And Keelan Cole's always been injured. Uh, I, I do think the Jazz could address uh, wide receiver and O-line here in the draft coming up. Well, I think there's a, there's a, there's a couple of interesting pieces. I think they're in a full rebuild, um, not a tanking situation. I don't think they're looking to lose on purpose, but I do think they're looking to fully rebuild. Fournette was a top six running back. You know, he finished sixth, even in PPR. His volume was way up. I think his PPR numbers are going to go down. Jay Gruden's the O.C., um, Gruden has a third down back. He has a Chris Thompson. I don't think that's Raquel Armstead. I think they address that somewhere. Uh, I don't know who it is. Uh, probably in the draft to look for a third down back, which is disappointing as a Fournette uh, person um, in Dynasty, nonetheless. So we'll see. You know, maybe they change that. Maybe they just run Fournette. Look, if they're in a true rebuild, they're going to run Fournette into the ground. You know, they're, why, why save his legs at this point? Um, especially, and I love Leonard, but, uh, you know, at this point, for what all the shenanigans that he's put them through you know just run him who cares which this might be the year to get on that um but jay's there he's had a lot of success with people like andy dalton um interested to see you know if that ends up happening depending on how cuts and trades and this depending on the draft maybe i think they believe in Minshew, so i don't know if they go address it because they have so many other needs and depending on where they fall you know i guess it depends on what quarterback falls to them because it, that's really going to be an indicator. What type of capital can you get out of it? Uh, Chark was amazing. Um, just another one of those you know, LSU wide receivers just that were not fully utilized in the offense. Shocker. Which completely changed this year. You know, people like OBJ, yeah, OBJ, Jarvis, you know, there are you know, talent everywhere is that definitely step up to the next level. So I think he's legit. 
I want, and I don't know, I do not, I freely admit, I don't know who the slot guy is. I don't know if it's Westbrook, if it's Marquise Lee, if it's Conley, Keelan Cole. I have no idea who it is, but I'm probably going to go for a piece of that guy because I want that Jamison Crowder, that slot guy for Jay Gruden that's just in the offense for a young quarterback. Chark's not there for the deep shot. Maybe depending on who that running back is, if Leonard's blocking and he's not going out pass protect, you know, go passing route, I want the slot guy for a Jay Gruden offense. So I'm interested to watch that part in camp. But for the most part, it's the names you know, and you're not reaching for anything else. You're not reaching for a tight end. I think this is a Devontae Parker rookie wide receiver situation where you find who the number two guy is in the season. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've tried to reach previously. I'm trying to change some of my drafting, some of my mentality. Like, I don't want this. I think this is going to be the guy, which sometimes you do. If you have a good feeling, go with it. But I don't right now have that feeling. You know, I was a Westbrook guy. I was wrong. You know, I've been a Keelan Cole guy. I've been wrong. So if I don't get a piece of the main guys, I'm going to wait and scoop yeah, somebody up. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Didee really just has not impressed. Keelan Cole's been injured. Chris Conley's, you know, had some flashes, but has also disappeared. Uh, you're right. Outside of the big guys like Shark and Fournette, uh, maybe Minshew, there's just not a whole lot that I think is there from a fantasy perspective that's going to really uh, help you win games early on in the season. Well, Minshew's a – I mean, realistically, Minshew's a two-quarterbacks, you know, league guy. You, you could feel comfortable, as, you know, Definitely. him being in that second slot. And – the one thing this year, even more than every year it's started slipping since their big run to the championship, AFC championship, is the defense is only getting worse. They have lost anybody that's a name. They're slinging it out left and right. So they are going to be in shootouts. And again, like we said in the South, I think the Colts defense is good. The Titans defense is coached well. I don't think there's a bunch of game busters in there, but the offense dictates the game. Either way, Minshew's going to sling it, and they're going to try to score. They're going to need to score points. So they're going to be opportunity there. Again, Chark, I like a number one on a bad – outside of that, you know, him and Fournette, you just – you hope to get a piece of it, and if you find lightning in a bottle midseason, You know, you you mentioned three teams there, but you forgot our fourth, and that's the Houston Texans. Let's – let let me just say this. What the fuck – is Bill O'Brien doing? Because I don't know. See, I work in the oil and gas industry, so I have enough respect for my Houstonian friends that I have now. I didn't forget about them. I just didn't want to bring them up because all, the, all there's only negative right now. I, I, I meant to find Deshaun Watson's tweet. It. He said something along the lines – yeah, something along the lines of like, I don't even know who's on what team. It's hard. You're breaking this. You're breaking up dynamic duos. I mean, I don't know if he's Batman and Hop was Robin or what it is, but – it's uh, Bill O'Brien just like apparently like the power of GM, like, you know, you know, he turned into like Jafar at the end of Aladdin, like a phenomenal cosmic power and like, yeah, live in space. Like he has zero clue of what he's doing because the power is taking control. Will not he, have a job at the end of next season. I mean, Deshaun Watson and, and Hopkins relationship and, and team, building chemistry goes back to Clemson. They played at Clemson together. They were just dynamic together on the field, and you trade him to Arizona for 
pennies on the dollars with a couple draft picks and fucking David Johnson, who's been injured and looks like he's just, he's about done. I don't know if he can rejuvenate his career in Houston. You still got Carlos Hyde there. Lamar Miller's still there. I mean, it's a fucking nightmare in the backfield. Uh, Can you name a receiver that's going to stay healthy for Houston? Will Fuller? No. Oh, Stay healthy. I no, mean, absolutely goodness, not. Deshaun Watson is just basically alone. And for the love of God, one of something has to give. Either Bill O'Brien needs to get fired, or Deshaun Watson needs to let his last year of the contract go up and not resign and get the fuck out of Houston. Yeah, it'll be interesting if Deshaun can get out. Uh, I think that that's obviously. Um, likely um outside of franchise and if he holds out and holds out for a trade i mean they they put themselves in a bad situation there um i'll still go in on some houston receivers for the price um um i'm a you know qt guy i'm a i, I i'm like will fuller you can't bank on them for but eight games um it'll be interesting but hey look they, oh, they got randall Cobb. let's so let's, there's let's the, stop you know. the fucking presses they got randall Cobb. <laughs> It's you know it's it's a square hole, and they like put Play-Doh in it or something. They're like that'll stop it. It'll be okay. We'll just make it fit. You know we don't wear no 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 no. We don't need a circle. We don't need a square. We're gonna use Play-Doh. We're just gonna fold it in there. Um, I will correct you because there is no running back left in Houston. So I'm not against David Johnson. Um, Hyde's a free agent. Lamar Miller's a free agent. I thought agent. they were still on the team. Um, okay. No, I think they're gone. So we'll we will. We'll decide this one on the next cast. But so I think David Johnson has that value. And you still have Duke. Hopkins being gone is going to, you still have Duke. I think Hopkins, Hopkins being gone crushes the box. <laughs> like they're going to be able to put eight in the box. But hopefully, now we just talked about how stupid Bill O'Brien is. So we're going to now bank on his intelligence here. They don't do what they did to David Johnson two years ago. And running between tackles because that's not what David Johnson is best at. So they're going to have to spread it out. They have guys that can cover ground. Hopefully they can. Uh, you got Duke and you got David Johnson. At this point, they both have to be in the game because you don't have enough worth of shit receivers, much less healthy ones, to do anything. Um, I think that Darren Fells has a lot of sleeper opportunity just from a positive standpoint. I think, you know, he re-signed. He had a good uh, end of season, a lot of hurt receivers. Watson's going to have to throw it to somebody. The defense is getting gashed. The offense is just you know, debilitated. Losing It's amazing how when you take a wide receiver out, you would, as much as I especially condemn the prima donna, the lack of immediate impact, but not everybody's DeAndre Hopkins either. And not everybody doesn't have the other pieces. Like, you can lose Mike Evans. You're like, God, that sucks. Well, we got Chris Godwin. We got the tight ends. Okay, we got players. But you lose DeAndre Hopkins, and you literally don't have anybody that can get on the field week in and week out. And you got Randall Cobb coming. Like, come on. Like, he doesn't – Mike McCarthy coached Cobb in his prime, and he didn't even push to resign him. So it's like, you know, people that know him weren't going to go. It's, it's bad. I don't know how they can fire Bill O'Brien because he just destroyed everything. I'd just make him suffer. Like, you know what? Screw you. You have to coach another year because we yeah. suck and it's your fault. Um. It's it's bad. I I'll t- I'll go with the I'll dart. Th- here's the, I, I will dart throw uh, Will Fuller and Kiki Kuchi before I dart throw anybody other than DJ Chark or T Y Hilton 
or A.J. Brown for whatever that's worth because they have a chance to be a, you know, number one, which probably, you know, you know, a number two in most, on most teams, which ends up being a number three fantasy guy. But they have more value than the other guy in any of the other AFC South teams because Deshaun Watson's their quarterback. Now, that all that, Deshaun Watson's probably going to be dead in week five because they haven't been able to block anybody for a few years now. He gets hammered as much as anybody. And then you took the guy that literally did not drop a ball an entire season. So I pray for my Houston friends. Yeah. It's uh, not going to be Bill O'Brien will get fired at the end of the 2020 season. I... And that's a great coaching landing spot because you have Deshaun Watson. And you, the, like, you get hired, you do whatever you can. I'm going to get you help. I, you're my guy. Like, they should have gone all in for freaking Cooper. They should have gone all in. Or you know what? Don't trade for David Johnson's terrible freaking contract. Keep Hopkins and then just sign yeah. Gurley or sign freaking uh, Melvin Gordon. Like, what are you doing? Like, they literally are better. Like, if I have – I'll take a banged-up Gurley over David Johnson contracts included. Now, just in a vacuum, I don't know. That's tougher for like a one-year type of situation. But why not go pay Melvin Gordon – less than what you're paying David Johnson. Like, that's a better running back at this time. Like, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Like, I don't – I should be the GM of the Texans. We should. Anybody should. Anybody – the eight people that are listening to this podcast, <laughs> please apply to be GM for the Texans because we could all do this as a community and do a vote. We just need a ninth so we have an odd number to decide a tiebreaker on if we should not trade DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. Well, I can tell you this much. Uh, our next team on the list – to me, doesn't really have uh, much decision to make when it comes to the draft day. Uh, you know, step up to the podium with number one pick. Don't do something stupid, Cincinnati Bengals. Just go in, draft the hometown kid, Joe Burrow. You franchised A.J. Green. You've got Joe Mixon there. You've got Tyler Boyd. Get yourself some O-line help, and all of a sudden, this is a fantasy offense that I want a little piece of. Joe Burrow comes uh, comes from LSU, Baton Rouge, and he led the highest-powered offense in college football history, uh, LSU Tigers, to 15-0. and Granted, he had some dynamic talent. Uh, some talent's going to be uh, drafted in the first round a couple years here with Jamar Chase, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, Terrence Alexander, Kyle edwards Elair will be a second-round pick, Thad Moss. So he's had some talent, but going over to Cincinnati, you've got a little talent here. You know, get yourself some O line help, and I think you got a good young offense to look forward to. Yeah, I, if Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow can make the transition and take the step and acclimate to the offense, um, everybody you just said, along with Auden Tate, who got a ton of time because of the AJ Green injury, and then John Ross, who, for the first time in his career with a new coaching staff, showed true flashes of what he was drafted for because. Speed hasn't changed. So they have uh, – out of everybody we've talked about, I think so far, their position groups have absolutely the most upside. Um, I will take them over everybody in the East and everybody in the South across the positions but as far as depth. If, but if Joe can support them, if, you know, the, if, the, if the scheme can support it, they don't have that tight end demanding target, so it's just the receivers. It's Mixon, Geo still there. They got what uh, Travion Williams? What's his name? You know, they got the deep running back for dynasty purposes. You know, if Mixon gets banged up, 
I think they have a big opportunity if they can keep Joe upright to score a lot of points and get a lot of catches because I still the defense is going to be good. They play in a very very difficult division with a whole lot of high powered offenses. Um, it's everything you want for a fantasy situation. I really wish it would be like year two for Joe, but because he had a full year of you know graduate you know online classes essentially, he lived a pro quarterback lifestyle last year. All he did was eat and drink and sleep football at the co- you know at the coach's office at the building watching film studying. So he is closer to being pro than I think even two is only because of the lifestyle he had. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm all in on the Beagles from a fantasy standpoint. I will probably get as many shares as I can. Um, I'd like to see what happens at tight end. I don't know if I'm drafting Joe to play Joe uh, because I do think there are going to be some ups and downs. I don't think the team is going to be good enough, and that's going to affect, you know, when you start having to force situations to try to win games, it makes you make mistakes. But if A.J. Green shows up to work, God forbid, um, I happen to have A.J. Green on Dynasty as well. So if he shows up to work, I'm a big Tyler Boyd guy. On tape, uh, helped me a lot last year as well. He's got a lot of talent. They just draft really big athletic receivers, and you got John Ross taking it over the top. Joe Mixon's one of the best running backs in the league. Absolutely a ton of potential. The most difficult thing the coaches should have to do is try to figure out how to diversify and how to make sure everybody gets a piece and everybody's in the game plan. And hopefully they score a lot of points. I don't care if they win or lose games. But I, it, it's really – it's all on Joe and more on the coaching staff. But if he can do it, I think there's going to be well, a lot of I think you need to get some here. O-line help for, some, for Joe there. He needs, he, he needs a little time in the pocket. And that's one thing they really haven't uh, addressed in free agency is their line. Uh, I think they're going to address it in the draft. Somebody uh, – someone like a good tackle or somebody. Uh, they've got you know, plenty of good talent out there. But I think he still needs some help. I think the Bengals are really uh, a year or two away from really becoming that dynamic fantasy offense uh, with all this talent. Um, I just think they're a year or two away. I think they will put up some numbers. I don't think it'll be uh, earth-shattering numbers. I think in a year or two, you get some O-line help. Uh, you get Joe Burrow, you know, year or two into a system with some of the young talent. He's got Joe Mix and uh, go get yourself a tight end. Maybe, maybe draft like a Thad Moss in the fourth round there. Uh, you know, someone who connected pretty well with Joe Burrow at LSU, who was a senior. You know, he's got the pedigree of Randy Moss. So it might be a good good idea. I don't know where your segue is going next, but this, to me, if Austin Hooper ended up here and got paid, to me, that's a landing spot. <laughs> like, that's the type of person, a veteran guy, you know, is ready to play. Rookie tight ends are tough to make an impact. Talk about one in this division coming up, but – that's the type of landing spot that somebody, if somebody like that would have been available and they could have been get a piece of that, they wouldn't have had a gap. Yeah. On well, the speaking position. of the Browns, they do make Austin Hooper the highest paid tight end in the NFL. Um, Mr. Mr. Stupid Gar- money. Yeah. Stupid Mr. Garbage money. time production himself. Uh, you give Kareem Hunt a second round tender. Uh, you still got OBJ and Jarvis Landry there. Uh, Jack Conklin from the Tennessee Titan signs ensures up your right tackle position. Uh, another year at Baker Mayfield, uh, a new regime in there at Cleveland. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure what to think about Mayfield right now. I know they've got uh, Chubb, who was just dynamic last year and will be another, you know, PPR monster again this year, will be a top 10 running back. 
uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, started coming on after his suspension, you know, had some good games. Um, I can tell you right now, uh, Austin Hooper, I would draft Jack Doyle before I would draft Austin Hooper. Oh, I, I don't think it's close. I don't, yeah, I don't, uh, to get down to Hooper level, like, I, uh, honestly, I'm taking yeah. Johnny Smith over Austin Hooper. Like, I don't, and I, I'm, I feel really good about it. I mean, it's just, This might be a very unpopular opinion, but outside of Baker, who may be the least reliable name in the skill players, I may not touch the Browns. Not because I don't think they're going to be good, but Stefanski is building what he had as an offense in Minnesota. He's got his Uh, Kirk Cousins Baker equivalent, which, well, I, I agree if they ride him like they rode Dalvin Cook, but. Nick Chubb was dynamic top five running back first eight games of the year. Chubb, I mean, uh, Hunt came in, and he went down to like yeah. 20s per game. It's Now, that's a different scope. Now, so it's interesting to see because if he does what he did, he always had a guy. You know, he would give – you know, obviously people have to get other touches, get breathers, and they could be really good. Alexander Madison is an amazing running back in the scheme that they were running, but that didn't take away from Dalvin Cook at all. So, if – Chubb is going to get Dalvin Cook treatment, I'm with you. But if – I don't think Alexander Madison is where Kareem Hunt is in his career either. So, Kareem Hunt is much uh, – Kareem Hunt or Dalvin Cook would be a coin flip pick if they were on the, the same position on the same team, if yeah. they weren't there together. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if Chubb's gone, Hunt's legit. If Hunt's gone, Chubb's legit. If they're both on the Browns, but in two alternate universes, it's a coin flip to me which one you take because Kareem Hunt is an amazing running back. Like, I don't think that Chubb is this that much better talent than Kareem Hunt. So if they're going to split carries, I don't know how you touch them because Thielen's amazing and he ghosts you. Diggs has five good games and he ghosts you. Well, now you got OBJ and Jarvis trying to do that. And it's just – and now you got the two tight ends. you got Njoku, who they're not as high on, but seems like – a much more athletic tight end, and then they put Hooper in. So they're going to do this Rudolph-Irv Smith thing where Hooper gets the tight end and Njoku gets the catches and the yards, and it's like – I mean, the touchdowns, and, and and Irv Smith gets the catches and the yards. Like, it's just – I think there's going to be – Stefanski is one of those people who does not care. He sets it up. There's never going to be a third wide receiver. So don't even – like, you got Jarvis and OBJ. Don't even think of drafting another one. But trying to pick which one of those guys is going to have the game is going to be impossible. And rumor has it there is some serious smoke and fire. San Francisco is hot on OBJ. Shanahan's always wanted him. I don't think Stefanski thinks he needs him. I think OBJ has created a reputation, and I don't know what his health really is. He played hurt all last year. He's coming off an injury um, because he wanted to play through to prove it. I don't know what the mentality situation is and Shanahan wants him I think it would be a better situation if he ended up there only because I think Stefanski is going to diversify everything and I don't know if OBJ is ever going to get the Eli treatment that he once got I I just don't know if it's ever going to happen again unless the stars align so I may be off on all this because somebody's going to love OBJ who I own in Dynasty unfortunately somebody's going to love Jarvis somebody's going to love Chubb somebody's going to love Hunt Somebody's going to love Hooper and Joku and Baker more than I do. And I think Baker may be the only person that pays the draft, pays off the draft capital. Cause you can wait on quarterback. 
and he's got all the pieces, so he gets a piece of everything. But trying to identify who else gets it, it's going to be t- – I, I just don't feel comfortable yeah, with I, it. Yeah, I think I you're right. I don't, I don't like you it. You make some good points, and I unfortunately own Baker Mayfield in the dynasty, and I, I'm just – I think Baker's great for Dynasty. I own OBJ. Yeah, I and I'll tell right you this now. much. Austin Hooper will be the uh, most overdrafted tight end in fantasy football next year. People – Oh, I wish I owned Hooper in Dynasty. I would trade him for everything. I would just – I just – what are you – ham sandwich. Like, <laughs> what? I'll trade it with you. Tajay Sharp. Let's whatever. Go. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt something. about it. Moving on to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, looks like Big Ben's going to be back for another year. Um, he recently uh, had a little uh, little Twitter video come out where he looked like the damn mountain man. Um, and my goodness, Juju Smith-Schuster was Christ. the most disappointing receiver in fantasy football last year who was drafted in many cases at the end of the wire, uh, first round, beginning of the second round. Uh, James Conner, he was equally disappointed, I think, in my opinion. Uh, he had a few good games later on the season. You sign Eric Ebron from the Indianapolis Colts, and you have him and Vance McDonald now. Uh, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell, James Washington. Um, I think with Big Ben back, he obviously, I think he makes Juju a wide receiver one that you might be able to get at a wide receiver two price tag uh, come draft day. Uh, James Conner, I think, has wide receiver one, uh, running back one potential, but he's got to stay healthy. And he's got Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell kind of nipping at his heels. If Connor doesn't stay healthy, he may lose that job uh, for good to Jalen Samuels. But I do think uh, Juju uh, could bounce back, and he could be at a, a lower price tag than he was last year. As far as Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald, uh, I'm just not so sure. Uh, you know, Ben does love his his tight ends, uh, so maybe you know he hooks up with one of them. Ebron does have some talent. You know, he's caught plenty of touchdown passes in Indianapolis. Uh, can he duplicate with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, as long as old Yukon Cornelius can uh, keep feeding, you know, the ball and not getting his knees broken, Jesus Christ. Ben looks yeah. like he's been in hibernation. Like, I don't even – he offends me. Like, the, the, did, you, yeah, did you see the bug crawl through his long. beard? Because I'm pretty sure I saw one. But it's uh, – I mean, he looks like he hasn't played in 10 years. But Juju, Juju is probably the only piece that I would – consider reaching for because of, you know, because it's one of those situations, like you said, you can get Juju at a lower rate, but maybe you don't get him on that wraparound next time he comes. So I think you could probably reach for Juju and get paid off for it. Um, I've owned Connor since he was a rookie in our keeper league, and he is a safe disappointment (laughs) every year. So it's – but some of that is everything around him falls apart. And, you know, now when you're – a young guy you're not the guy and when it's all said and done James Conner is not the most dynamic running back he needs the scheme to help him now the Pittsburgh scheme should help him um I Vance and Ebron I don't think you draft either until one of them gets hurt and they're a free agency ad or if you're a two tight end type of person which I'm not then you want to roll the dice but I think they're very similar um in the sense that they yeah, does, stuff does Big Ben have a, another fancy, uh, so, fancy season in him? I don't. I, uh, I in a two QB league, absolutely. I seriously think you can argue: Would you want Big yeah. Ben or Gardner right now? Because probably Minshew has a better chance of finishing the season. <laughs> I mean, who knows what Ben's going to be able to do? It, I don't think Ben's ever come off as the type to like take a year off of injury and come back yeah. trimmer. 
<laughs> you know, like I think there's way too many you know, cheese covered fries or Pramani Brothers sandwiches to keep him thin up in Pittsburgh. So I, I think he could keep people around him relevant. I think he can push, I don't you know, 15 yeah. a quarterback. That's probably a safe spot. But the problem is, is, you know, there's 20 guys. So you know what? If you're a Steelers fan, if you wear the terrible, you, you, you fly the terrible towel, yeah, I go know, for I the know. guy you like. Um, Cause I don't know. If I, I just, I, I think the other receivers are good enough. And the one thing I trust more than anything is the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver scouting department. So the guys they pick can freaking play. Um, so, you know, those guys probably all take leaps and you try to find out who that real number two is going to be. Is it going to be Washington or whomever? Or do they go to the draft? Because that's not above what they do, too. You know, if they get an opportunity for a guy and they think this is their window, because they obviously, Mason Rudolph is not the window. Uh, Chubb proved that. Uh, not Chubb. Um, Garrett proved that. Yeah. You know, he's got no sense left. He, he's a concussion. You know, he's, he's helmet to helmet. <laughs> helmet to head. So, I think it's uh, – I think right now it's Juju is easily the one you feel best about. Connor is safe because he is one A, even if the other guys get touches. And outside of that, uh, I'm probably not. I'm I'm not getting into it unless well, something really develops over the next uh, few this months. Next quarterback that we're getting ready to talk about uh, had you know the fantasy season for quarterbacks last year, and that's Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. Man, what a season he had last year. Uh, he was just a monster on the ground and throwing the football, and he had so many beneficiaries. Whether it was you know Hollywood, or whether it was Mark Ingram, or whether it was Mark Andrews, or whether it was himself, he was you know lighting the NFL on fire last year. Uh, you know his the high flying Ravens attack was just uh, tormenting teams all season long until he got to the playoffs, and then it was poop. And, you know, laid an egg. Um, you know, I do think that is one of the issues with Lamar Jackson is I think he has trouble throwing the football. I think he has trouble reading defenses. Um, I do think the tape is going to be out on him, and I do look for him to take a step back this year. Now, he's going to be drafted as your QB1, QB2 in fantasy football, but I'm telling you now, watch for him to take a step back. And I'm talking a step back into, say, the quarterback 5-10 to 10 range. Um, you know, you also have, you know, Gus Edwards there, who's, you know, touchdown vulture for Mark Ingram. Uh, they drafted Justice Hill last year to kind of take over for Gus Edwards, but Justice Hill was really nowhere to be found until like week 17. Uh, Mark Andrews emerged as a top five tight end in PPR. As long as he can stay on the field, Lamar Jackson does look for him. Uh, this is going to be another good offense. I do think Lamar Jackson takes a step back this year. Well, I'm going to touch on everything else, and I'll come. I'll backpedal Lamar Jackson because he is the sole reason I have a belt hanging in my guest room right now. But Ingram is a top six running back, fifteen touchdowns. I don't. I, I know Lamar Jackson puts a bunch of threat between the pass and the run, which makes it wide open for Ingram. I don't think he can. I don't think Ingram can duplicate that. I think there's a much better chance Lamar Jackson is the number one quarterback than Lamar. Um, Mark Ingram is a top six running back. Just you got 15 touchdowns. That's an incredible number. There's going to be huge recession coming back, whether it's from a running back, other like Justice Hill, or whether it's Lamar Jackson, or maybe it's passing, or maybe just they don't, they're not as good. Um, I think both Hollywood and I'm a big Boykin guy. I think they've had a lot of good news coming out of Baltimore on Boykin. I follow it because I also own him on dynasty. Um, 
But I think Hollywood and Boykin, both rookie receivers, both take a big step. Hopefully Jackson can support that step. That's the biggest key. Can he get them the ball? Because um, those are the two. That's the future. You know, those two and Justice Hill and those guys and Mark Andrews, they have a really, really good young core, which is good to see. Great for fantasy. Great for keeper dynasty. If you got them, ride them. Don't sell them unless it's for a king's ransom. Because Lamar Jackson may come back down, but he's still going to be top five quarterback, in my opinion, unless there's injury. Um, when I look at quarterback, I try not to look at end-of-season rankings. Um, well, I'll call it. I'm going to come right back to that. Definitely with you on Andrews. I think he's a top five tight end. Hurst is gone. They got that other guy there. But, you know, they, yeah, there's always more than one tight end. But, you know, Andrews is the guy. Hurst was his closest threat. Um, I'll probably go in on Ingram, but somebody else is probably going to get him. Somebody's going to get Ingram and Chubb before I get him because I'll probably go receiver when that part of the draft's happening based off of, you know, where people yeah, I think are going to value high, those guys. High there. I, right. I'm big, I, I think Hollywood has huge upside, and I think with somebody like that where that upside's – the ceiling's been established. And I think the floor just keeps creeping up yeah. until it levels out. You know what I mean? I think he, he's got a lot of growth to make him safer week in and week out. And sometimes you hope to take catches up with some of the running game because then the receivers get more. They didn't have to get the ball because yeah. they were running it a thousand times a game. So hopefully all the receivers benefit a little bit more. The running backs maybe get a little more. And then all the way back to Lamar Jackson. So he was number one. He averaged 28 points a game. Stupid number. Uh, it just it, uh, it's a big freaking number. Six points better than the next guy. So you're getting a touchdown more, a rushing touchdown more a game from Lamar Jackson than you did from everybody else. I, that's a huge swing. But, but that's probably similar. I didn't go back this far for research. My apologies. But that's probably similar to what Mahomes did two years ago. So it's really hard to repeat, as I think I said on the last podcast. So I agree. Now, it, do I think he could and should be the first? quarterback off the board probably because he has the running element Mahomes runs some Lamar Jackson runs a whole lot so you have a huge floor with Lamar Jackson especially depending on how you calculate your passing points you know you're getting one point for every 10 yards from Lamar Jackson and he's getting you 50 a game at minimal you know that's I mean that's his low end average so that's where those six points come from you know, his six points yeah, is not, his rushing over everybody else. Yeah, not what to mention, you know, he's no, got ahead. probably a 50-50 chance of scoring a touchdown every game as well. Oh, at least. And then, you know, if I mean, obviously, if he throws it, he's getting a piece of everything. He doesn't have a Taysom Hill, Bulger and Drew Brees. You know, he is Taysom Hill. Definitely. Just faster. Yeah, than more definitely. But so, so he's six points better, and this, this goes more into probably something we'll talk about later as we go on with this is, why you can wait on quarterbacks. The next, from second to 10th in points per game, now when they were healthy, points per game was 22 points a game and 19 points a game. Three points separated number two yeah, and, and number 10. And, and Lamar Jackson was, was six in points that better two than to number 10. two. Patrick Mahomes, who was drafted as, a, as the number one run, uh, quarterback in fantasy football last year. Look, Watson was number two. Do no you way. think he's going to be able to repeat without Hopkins? Mahomes obviously is going to be pushing. He's three points per game. He was hurt, which is why he overall wasn't, you know, probably one. But he's going to push, and that's great. You want you want Mahomes or Jackson. But here's the thing: why you don't have to go for it? Stafford was four in his eight games where he played. He was the fourth ranked quarterback in through week eight. 
last year. He's probably higher than that through week eight because everybody else hadn't done it. And Mahomes had been out at that point. So you got to think points per game, there's points everywhere. It's Dak was fifth. Jameis was sixth. That's not going to happen again, obviously, because he doesn't have a team. Russell, seven. Breeze, eight. Uh, your boy Allen at nine. And then Tannehill, 10. There are points per game everywhere, which goes back to, you know, when I asked you about Fitzpatrick. That's you don't have to reach. You can get by. You can almost figure it out at quarterback at this point. Does it make you feel better? Did I win a championship because of Lamar Jackson? Absolutely. But I have Maryland shorts. I deserved him. We were meant to be this year. So it's just you can wait. He's going to come down. Who's going to step up? I don't think it's going to be Watson. It's probably going to be Mahomes. But if I told you this time next year Dak Prescott was the number one no. quarterback at the end of the season, would you be surprised? So it's that's who I want. I want Dak. I'm, I'm all in on Dak. I've, I've established it, put it on the books. I'm going for Dak because you're going to get him later, much, much later, and he has essentially the same potential. Him and Mahomes yeah. are one point in part, points per game. That's, ridic- that's ridiculous when you think about it in the concept how much – Well, I can tell you who I don't want, people. and that's our next team, is that's Tyrod Taylor uh, taking over for Phillip Rivers. <laughs> team Mobile. Yeah, I mean, and now, you know, he's going to do the exact same thing he did in Cleveland in front of Baker Mayfield. Uh, The Chargers obviously are going to address quarterback in the draft. Uh, Rumor has that they're very interested in Justin uh, Herbert. Uh, He will likely be there when the Chargers draft at six. Uh, I really think the Dolphins are going to try to target Tua. And then, you know, uh, Melvin Gordon's out. Uh, Austin Eckler re-signs for a four-year deal. Um, I think he has high – running back one potential again this year. He was just flat out dynamic last year for the Chargers. Um, I think you can go ahead and downgrade Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. Um, I think you can maybe give a little slap of upgrade to Mike Williams since uh, Tyrod tends to target the bigger receivers for the, for the end zone. But Allen is just not going to get force fed the ball like Phillip River used, used to do. Uh, Hunter Henry is, you know, uh, coming back from his you know repeated injuries. Uh, he still hasn't really shown – that full potential that uh, we all think he has. Uh, I do own him in Dynasty, and I would love to see it, but I'm just not sure Tyrod Taylor offers that, and I don't think Justin Herbert is going to offer that either. Well, we talked about how Rivers increases Doyle's value. One, because Ebron's gone, but because of how Rivers loves tight end, Tyrod doesn't love him like Rivers does. I mean, no, I don't think anybody does like Rivers does. So that's a downgrade immediately not to mention his health concerns and everything else. Um, I don't know if they replace Tyrod because I think San Diego thinks they can win right now. They have the best secondary in the league. They have a vicious pass rush. You know who the highest uh, finishing running back was in the AFC, fantasy-wise and PPR? It was freaking Eckler. So they think they can win. They score points. Um, they have skill players in every position. I don't know what it's going to be for fantasy-wise. Um, I think Eckler is safe. Tyrod doesn't dump it, but he offers what Rivers didn't, a little bit of mobility, which often helps those spread, scat-type running backs. I mean, look with Lamar Jackson. We just talked about 15 touchdowns for Ingram. Their offenses are going to be that dynamic. Tyrod's not Lamar Jackson. But the threat of the run holds somebody else accountable for Eckler to get free a little bit more uh, and not having to share with Melvin Gordon. Now, he is going to share. Eckler is a number one running back without being a true bell cow for his team, which is not always the case. He has the opportunity, he has the skill set to do it. He has that, you know, he, stocky build, scat back, receiving catch, 
Um, I'm down on Henry where I was because Tyrod's not Rivers. I'm down on Keenan Allen. I'm down on Mike Williams. Uh, it just I don't trust Tyrod like I trusted Phillip. Rivers are going to throw interceptions, but that doesn't hurt the points of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I don't know if Tyrod can support them. Um, I don't know if a, a rookie won't support them as well as Rivers did. So, you know, unless they make a big move for a big QB, even in the draft, you know, if they really reach up, uh, it's going to be tough. I, I want all the shares of Eckler I can get. I wasn't a believer last year. I'm all in this year. Um, he may fa- – if, if the game script is going to dictate him getting a lot of touches and Justin Jackson and the other guys, but he's going to be the main guy. So I've always been a Keenan Allen guy. I have to fall off my wagon because, you know, I just I don't I don't know if Tyrod can do it. And I'm a I, I supported Tyrod. I thought Tyrod got a bad break in Cleveland. I think again we talk about you talk about environment, you talk about situation, you talk about guys' careers. Some of it's on them, some of it's on the circumstances, the coaches, everywhere as they've been. I think Tyrod's a victim of both, um, some of his shortcomings, but also Buffalo was awfully awfully coached when Tyrod was there, when you look at who they had with Sammy Watkins and Marquise Goodwin, and there's another guy going off now, but that they're just, they're loaded. And McCoy, when he still had, you know, some legs, the, the scheme around him was just, you know, 1980s and it was just awful. And it was, it really held him back. So I feel bad for Tyrod, but outside of Eckler, you know, I'll take Keenan Allen at the right price, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not playing here now. Not that we talk about much of on defense, but I'm all in on San Diego's defense, even though they play the Chiefs twice a year. They held Mahomes, I think, 200 or under, I think I heard today, both games last year, and they got better. So I'm on the Chargers' defense, you know, again, yeah. if I well, get the first uh, pick of the second of the last Patrick round. Mahomes, so. the Kansas City Chiefs are our next team. Uh, defending champs, Tyreek Hill was a stud when he was on the field last season. Um I, I know the, the fantasy bust in the running back community last year was Damian Williams, although he had a resurgence, uh, just enough resurgence in the playoffs to just be a factor again this year. Um, I don't think he's going to get that RB1, RB2 uh, draft hype, but I could see him getting drafted in the top five or six rounds. Um, Darwin Thompson is there. He was someone who I thought would eventually take over that job, and he, he never did. He, he never took over Didn't that job. You know, Sammy Watkins, uh, another year older. I think Sammy Watkins is a free agent now. Is that right? I don't know if Sammy's a free agent it's, or I if he talked maybe about taking a year off. I don't. Sammy's the lizard. He's the lizard. Sammy also said he's the lizard king, and he's cold blooded, and that's where he gets his strength and speed. So let's not give any notation to what yeah, Sammy Watkins yeah, actually knows? says. After you follow us, after you follow us, by the way, at you know. Adam and myself, please follow Sammy Watkins. <laughs> um, I, I do think the Chiefs are going to address running back in the draft. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't. I know Damian Williams is not the answer. I don't think Darwin Thompson is either. Uh, look for him to address to say in the second or third round. Um, other than that, though, they, they probably need to address a little bit on the offensive line. Uh, another year for Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill to be you know studs. I expect both of them to be. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes probably be top five uh, quarterback, and I definitely think Tyree Kill will be a top ten wide receiver in PPR. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm not looking at it at the moment. I'm just. I'm, I haven't looked at it. I'm looking at it right now. We're at the bottom of our notes, but I don't know. There's another team that's gonna that could have the number one quarterback, the number one tight end, and the number one wide receiver in fantasy. 
And if they have a running back, that guy could and should be the number one running back as well. Um, right now, they don't have that guy. I agree with you. I don't think Damian's the answer. I think Damian's safe. Damian doesn't fumble. Damian makes him feel comfortable. And he's fine. If they do not address running back in the draft, then I think Darwin was a year away last year, which is what I hope as the going trend of this AFC podcast is I also own Darwin and and my dynasty team. So I truly hope that he is the answer because I want every freaking piece of this. I want the water boy stats. I want Andy Reid's win stats. I want every inch of freaking yards. This team has the chance to put up. Um, So I don't think there's much to talk about the big guys. I honestly, I hope Sammy sits out. I think Demarcus Robinson, Demarcus Robinson signed is interested with the Eagles. He's a free agent and he had those flashes when Tyreek got hurt. I think that's a great get by the Eagles because they need a not Deshaun Jackson deep threat. Um, So I think Demarcus Robinson actually will fit well with the Eagles with their decrepit uh, receiving core. I mean, even in this offense, Pringle went off, you know, for those couple games. There's so many options because Mahomes throws it left-handed behind his back to the water boy and scores touchdowns. So I think the one to look out for is Mecole Hallerman. Robinson's gone. Does Sammy sit out? Miko has all the speed in the world. Him and Tyreek opposite each other. You know Tyreek's drawn a double team. So he's going to have every opportunity in the world to succeed. Um, if, they address, if they address running back, obviously that's worth every freaking dart throw you have. Damien's the safe option. If they don't address it, I think Darwin is going to make an impact this year. Um, because outside of the LSU boys at with uh, Daryl Williams and uh, Spencer Ware, I think somehow Elijah <laughs> McGuire is somehow on this team too, which he was a, my, a fantasy crutch for the Jets for years. But I, uh, you know, you you wish there was a guy. You hope that there is the guy. But the only thing really to roll the dice on is Hardman, and you know you got to see how the smoke sells with receivers because if it's Sammy still there and Pringle still there. There's just too many mouths to feed because you know Tyreek and Kelsey and a running yeah. back are getting there. I definitely want every so. piece of this offense that you're talking about: quarterback, running back, receiver. Uh, obviously, I'd even mention you know Travis Kelsey, who's the number one uh, the number one tight end in football. I mean, you really don't have to. It kind of goes without saying. You know, he's going to produce. Tyreek's going to produce. Patrick Mahomes is going to produce. Uh, they just really need that get that consistent running back. Maybe Tar- maybe Darwin Thompson is it. Who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. Um. Now, going to yeah, yeah. Uh, a Tom different type of running back situation with the Denver Broncos, uh, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine today about this situation because he's a big Broncos fan, and I just straight up asked him, I was like, what the fuck is Elway doing? I mean, you're signing Melvin Gordon. You've got Philip Lindsay, who's been a back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher. You, know, you, sign, you, you drafted Royce Freeman, who really hasn't been that great. Um, but now you bring Mel Gordon in into a division where he passed up more money elsewhere to come uh, because he wants vengeance against the Chargers. I mean, I, I know that'll be uh, that's definitely a DFS game uh, play if I want to if I ever want to get it as Melvin Gordon against the Chargers. But what are the Bron- what are the Broncos doing? You've got you know some serious holes, especially at wide receiver. I mean, outside of Cortland Sutton, you've got Tim Bratrick and Deshaun Hamilton. That just doesn't. That's just not going to do it from a fantasy perspective. Uh, you definitely need to address wide receiver. I'm sure they're going to do that in the draft. Maybe a, a CB, a CD Lamb, um, you know, maybe a, a Henry Ruggs, something like that. But you definitely need someone to go uh, opposite of Cortland Sutton, you know, with Noah Fant uh, to help out Drew Locke. See, I'm and see that's where I'm. I don't think it's a terrible sign. I think it's not a great fantasy landing spot for Melvin Gordon. 
Gordon's always had somebody vulturing off of him, you know, Eckler or who else. So I think there's probably going to be enough touches to go around if it's only Melvin Gordon and Lindsey. The problem is, is Royce Freeman going to get nothing or is he going to get traded? Or is he going to be a three-headed freaking monster? Because if it's three-headed, I want nothing to do with it. You know, Lindsey can't pick up pass protection as well as he needs to. Melvin Gordon's really good at it, which is why Melvin Gordon gets so many catches because his big ass is in the game, you know, catching all these swing passes because he chips and gets out in the pass protection. So, or gets out in the pass route. So, I think there's enough for both of them. It's a huge hit to Lindsey, but I think he's – No. Lindsey's never going to be a bell cow. Lindsey needs to be Eckler. Lindsey needs to be that second guy. Um, not that he doesn't have the skills to do it, but he just he gets banged up so quickly. And at some point, you know, some of that pedigree is going to, you know, catches up with you. Um, I'm a big Royce Freeman guy. I hope they trade him somewhere with an opportunity to play. Like, trade Royce Freeman to Seattle right now. Like, give it to somebody that's going to run the ball and give it to somebody that's healthy. So, I, uh, I'll probably go in on both of them at some point. Um, I think that they're going to be probably what and what by the end of the year. It's all going to depend on touchdowns. And I think the sign of Melvin Gordon is how you're talking about needing receivers. When you have Melvin Gordon and now Lindsey and Noah Fant and Sutton, you're protecting Drew Locke because Elway doesn't want to be wrong on another quarterback again, which is every year. So you want Locke to have the best chance to succeed, and the best chance for him to succeed is yeah, not Elway's to have out to some do quarterbacks, uh, namely Brock Osweiler, uh, the kid from Memphis who I can't uh, put a finger on right now. But uh, they, they were both awful. Um, they were high draft picks by – by uh, John Elway. Um, yeah, uh, I, I do think they need to address another receiver. Um, I just don't think Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton are the answer. Um, you do need someone else. Man, Bayshon, Bayshon he was a PPR darling what did he going do into last, last year. year. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, he, he got- uh, most of the team did outside of Cortland Sutton. Uh, going to our last team of the night, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, they've got their facility looks fucking beautiful in Las Vegas. It definitely looks like something I'd love to go see. Uh, you know, you another year with Derek Carr. Uh, you got Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro there you know, as your wide receivers. I think you really need a number one there. Uh, Josh Jacobs had a really outstanding rookie year. Look for him to take another big step this year. Uh, Dan, Darren Waller was the the fantasy tight end darling last year who, you know, led a lot of teams, uh, had with some big regular seasons. You know, it was a, he was a late pick. And uh, everybody picked up from the HBO series, and they were like, oh, Darren Waller, look at him. And here he is, you know, top five tight end uh, across the league. Uh, Foster Morrow was, you know, backing him up, and he was he didn't have a, such a bad season either. But then, uh, you know, John Gruden brings in Jason Witten. Uh, I'm not sure really what for, maybe from a leadership perspective. Uh, I'm not, I don't think, you know, he's playing in front of Darren Waller. Uh, maybe Morrow, but we'll see. Uh, you know, the Raiders did flirt with Brady for a little bit, but it sounded like uh, Brady didn't really want any part of that. So you got another year, Derek Carr. Uh, do the Raiders you know, look at quarterback in the draft? Uh, maybe. Uh, I think Derek Carr is sufficient for what they need, but uh, they definitely need to address wide receiver. No, they, they absolutely need another guy. That would have been a good spot for Emmanuel Sanders. That would have been a really good fit. Um they signed – hey, what do you mean they need oh. to address wide receiver? Oh. They, signed, they signed Nelson Aguilar. So they got like three catches and Mr. six Brick drops Hans. guaranteed a game right now. Unless you need them. Yeah, unless you need them, then it's one catch. 
Um, Josh Jacobs is the one to talk about. Um, you know, finished 13th last year as a rookie. So talking about he's going to be more involved in the passing game this year, which is great. Move some of those freaking backups that have just been sucking the life out of all running backs in uh, Oakland, now Vegas. Uh, he's the one you want. Waller, obviously, for his value. You know, they also brought in Nick O'Leary. So, I don't – Gruden's just – they're going like four tight ends deep. I don't – I have no idea. I saw somewhere that, you know, part of it may be that, you know, they're bringing in some of these extra tight ends to block, and they're talking about splitting okay. Waller out more. It's like a matchup issue. So, you know, hopefully the, if if anything's true, maybe that's true. So, Waller's still getting his because um, he would be a matchup issue because he is a physical specimen. So that would be some upside. They also brought in Mariota to back up Carr. Um, Mayock, Mariota was number one on his board, so he's really high on him. I don't think it was just a, a backup signing as much as it was, you know, Derek, you better freaking get your, you know, Undertaker-looking ass moving. You know, it, it, you can't just be dead man walking. So he's got to step up. Uh, you know, one of those guys you kind of feel bad for. Derek was should have been MVP, and he busted his knee in Mexico or whatever game that was, and – you know, a couple of years ago when the Raiders were rolling. So I, I think he can do it. I think Gruden's a good offensive coach. Um, I, I think they're very shorthanded with people. They made a lot, they've made more free agency moves. I mean, we don't, you know, we talk about people that matter, which maybe they haven't made good moves because they've made a whole lot, many of which we don't address or we just push to the side. Um, you know, Aguilar, I don't think adds anything for real life or fantasy. Um, you know, I'll still take shares of Tyrell Williams. I think Renfro came on at the end of last year. Um, and Waller is as safe of a tight end as you can get right now that you may not have to pay. You know, you don't, you, uh, we'll see how the rankings end up. I probably would take him over Ertz only because of the share with Goddard. And I think some of that shifting that's going to occur, but you know, that's where you're talking about. You're talking about the three to five range. Um, you know, it's just the upside isn't there because, you know, Vegas isn't going to be as offensively proficient. So, and Jason Witten, yeah, uh, he's got to be a player coach, right? I mean, J- Jason Witten chose to go play for Vegas. Maybe he's a gambler. I don't know. But he chose that because he knows he's terrible and he's never yeah, going to be Yeah, I'm not sure what, what what's going on there. So, uh, and I think you're right. You may be <laughs> on to something there with Mike Mayock and Marcus Mariota. I know this. I don't think Mario is a very good quarterback. And if he has to come in for Derek Carr, then there is a whole lot more problems in Las Vegas than just the quarterback situation. Well, here's the thing. They got so many needs. I don't think they address quarterback in the draft, at least not this draft, because I don't think they're high enough to really, really push for one. And I think they build their pieces. They truly see what they have in Vegas – and next year, you know, if they end up slumping, I mean, Gruden's <laughs> only got nine years left he's on his got contract, a or eight years left on his contract, or something. So he's got plenty of. T- he's yeah, got plenty we'll see of what time happens. Well, so. uh, guys, thanks for uh, taking the time to listen to us uh, tonight. Uh, we'll have another podcast come out Thursday night. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you'll have a chance, give us a follow on Twitter at uh, Fantasy Pandemic. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Fantasy Cajun on Twitter, and you can follow Vincent at VR Grave on Twitter. Uh, thanks again, guys, and y'all have a good evening.